Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Ang. Welcome to a new interview series on my podcast where I sit down with the students, designers, entrepreneurs, innovators, and thought leaders who are making a big impact in the fashion industry right now. Today on the pod, I'm talking with Giada Graziano, founder and CEO of Glam Observer, a fashion career advice platform, podcast, an online educational program with courses and events aimed at inspiring and supporting fashion enthusiasts who want to turn their dream of working in the fashion industry into a successful reality. Giada was also recognized by Forbes in the prestigious 30 under 30 list in the education category for her work in teaching individuals about getting a job in fashion, which has helped so many score jobs at companies such as Dior, Valentino, Prada, and more. She's also the author of Your Fashion Dream Plan, The Ultimate Career Manual, Dispelling Industry Misconceptions and Shedding Light on What You Need to Make It in Fashion. There's so much to unpack in today's episode that I can't wait to get into. So without further ado, here's Giada Graziano. Hi, Giada. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. And first, let's start off. um, Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do currently in the industry? Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So my name is Giada. I'm Italian, based in Milan, Italy. Been living here for the past six years now. I am born and raised in the south of Italy, so no fashion capital before Milan. And now I'm the founder and CEO of Glam Observer, which is the first fashion career advice platform. So as you said, yeah, you're the CEO and founder of your own career advice platform. You're also an author. And congratulations. Also, you were recognized on Forbes 30 under 30 list. So surely all of this didn't happen overnight. Um, So definitely, can you talk more about your early experience, whether that's through internships or like your first jobs? Like, how did that look like before finding so much success in the industry? Yeah. So like I said, I was born and raised in the south of Italy and I was Mm -hmm. living there since basically six years ago. And there, there are no fashion schools or no fashion companies. So um, like anyone, when I was about to graduate and I was studying management engineering, so totally unrelated to fashion, um, I was thinking about what I want to do now in my life. I'm Mm -hmm. about to get into the working world. So which industry do I want to get into? And I've always, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs as well, especially my father. So in in my mind, I've always knew that I wanted to do something and have something of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, I just wanted to get some experience and I couldn't see myself anywhere else but in fashion. My relationship with fashion is not like a cliche one where people usually say that they have been loving fashion since they were like mm-hmm. eight years old. Uh same reading Vogue or playing with their mom's clothes (laughs) (laughs) it's not my story um Mm -hmm. I'm actually more pragmatic and a rational person so um when I was kind of imaging myself working in an office I've always seen myself in fashion probably because I watched the devil Mm wears Prada too many times (laughs) um but yeah so oh my god yeah I don't I've watched that way too many times too and it for some reason intrigued me about the fashion industry but it's not, but it's not really anything like what the fashion industry is there's yeah. some true parts but there's some false parts yeah definitely definitely 
Um, so when I realized that I wanted to work in fashion, in that moment, I realized that I had to move to where fashion is. So mm -hmm. here in Italy, I decided to move to Milan. Mm -hmm. And because I thought that with my management engineering degree, the fashion industry would have never been interested in me, especially when moving to a fashion capital, you know, I had zero connections in fashion. None of my friends or friends of my friends worked in the fashion industry. Uh, so I felt like completely outsider and I thought, okay, I'm going to move to Milan to work in the fashion industry. I will probably be competing with people who have studied at a fashion school, who mm -hmm. maybe have interned during the summer in fashion, or maybe their parents or their friends worked already in yep. the fashion industry, so they already had connections. So I did the mistakes of thinking that I was not enough to work in the fashion industry with my management engineering degree. And this is mainly, mainly the reason why I then started Global Observer to give clarity to people who like me back then, 10 years ago now, um, want to get into fashion because there are many misconceptions related to the industry. There are not so many information shared about that, what it's really like to get a job into fashion. Mm -hmm. With movies like The Devil's Wear Prada, we are exposed to the most popular career fashion, like the fashion editor or the fashion designer. But in fashion, there are so many more career opportunities. And also myself, when I graduated in management engineering, I knew that even though I wanted to work in fashion, I didn't want to get like a more creative job in this industry. So I didn't want to become a designer, a stylist or work in PR. Mm -hmm. I wanted to combine management, which is what I studied with fashion. Yeah. So I did a lot of research. I then discovered the career of the buyer, merchandiser. Uh -huh. And so when I moved to Milan, I basically, because I, I thought that I was not enough with my degree, I studied and I took a master in luxury and fashion management because I also wanted to learn more about the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. So I took this master, discovered about different careers. And at the same time, I started Glam Observer, which was just a blog. I was sharing what I was learning about the fashion industry. I was telling people mm -hmm. my experience. And basically with this master, it was about to end in December, but I got my internship one month before the master ended. I was very lucky with that. Uh -huh. I think lucky, but it's always a lot of hard work. Behind oh, yeah, of course. Application. Um, so I started my first internship in the commerce department at Juxnet Apoter and Gaming. They were managing oh, wow. the e-commerce yeah. of all the Kevin brands and I was on the e-commerce of Alexander McQueen and MCQ. So I was really glad that I took that internship. It was my passion because I started Glam Observer. So I was very, you know, toward the digital space and it was fashion, yeah. it was e-commerce and it was like a managerial role. So it was not very creative. It was more about Excel numbers and yep, those yep. things. So I really liked that experience. Uh, I did six months of internships, then they get, they got me a new job there, a new position, a full-time oh, wow. job. And then during that summer, so I started in December and in the summer of the following year, I thought that, you know, my passion for having something of my own was stronger. Mm -hmm. And since they were about to promote me again, I thought, okay, maybe if I'm going to get a new promotion, it's going to be out there for me to then quit to start a new project. Uh, so before they offered me the promotion, so the day they offered me a promotion, I told them, 
um, I'm actually going to quit because oh, they wow. knew that I had Glam Observer as a side as well as I blog. Yeah. And I told them that I wanted to focus on Glam Observer to make something that was just more than a blog and yeah. have the time to build the business. So that's a short story of how I went from working in the fashion industry to founding Glam Observer, mainly because I really, when I was looking for a job in fashion and I felt so lost and I felt like completely outsider and discouraged mm -hmm. and the fashion industry tends to put so many barriers, I really wanted to help people to not feel like me and also give them not just advice, but also a sense of community that I was missing when I was yeah. at the beginning of my career. Also networking is so crucial in fashion, but also so difficult, especially when an introvert and I'm a very introvert person. Uh -huh. So we Glam Observer wanted to give this sense of community, but also advice and also wanted to make it like a motivational place where you can find, um, mm -hmm. you know, in fashion, I believe many people say this is difficult, it's hard to enter, but really wanted to give not kind of hope, but I really believe that people can make it and I wanted yeah, to share this sure. positive message. So you mentioned my book. So when the, the most common feedback that I get from my book is more, there is more a motivational book than a fashion book. Because yeah. I think that what's really stopping people and maybe, you know, the fashion industry tends to be intimidating. So I feel like it's a lack of confidence. And that's what I wanted to give with Glam Observer as well. So not just career advice, but also confidence. Yeah. I mean, I love that concept. And I mean, props to you for you know, knowing that you're going to get a promotion and having this very stable job at like a great company and then really putting your passion projects first and your entrepreneurial sense um, before all of that. So props to you, because I know that's that's a hard leap to take to, you know, quit what you're doing, quit a full time job and just pursue the, you, something that you really want to pursue. But yeah, yeah it's so scary. it's scary mm -hmm. at the beginning, but I also knew that working for a company working for someone else was not yeah. for me yeah so, yeah people if they realize that in different points of their lives and um really glad that you d discovered it early on and everyone I feel like has that entrepreneurial sense in them and that business sense but it's just it's about taking that leap and like finding the confidence to actually take those steps so you talked a lot about Glam Observer, which I, I really loved hearing and I, I just love the platform. And it's pretty much like the first of its kind, like a fashion career advice platform. Um, I'd love to hear more about like you talked already about it, but like your inspiration to start it. And did you expect when you started originally that it would become what it is today? Um, no, because today is an educational platform as well with online courses. So actually, when I started, my first business model was more like a membership size. I was okay. um, sharing articles and some of the articles were like just for members. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the plan when I quit my job of how I would have turned this business. Uh, so that's why I also wanted to take the time also to understand what kind of business I wanted to build. But then it came naturally in 2018. I started the of Fashion Academy with online courses. But back in 2017, when I quit my job, I didn't know that Glam Observer would have become an academy. Yeah. Um, so when I quit, I actually didn't have a business plan for Glam Observer. So mm -hmm. I figured it out along the way and also understood what the audience wanted. 
Um, and it was like any other business, you know, you just try and test to see what works, what doesn't work. It yeah. takes time um, to, you know, start a business, start making money. It takes a lot of sacrifice. I didn't eat outside oh, I'm sure. for a long time. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure. It's always crazy hearing about people's entrepreneurial experiences because everyone's so different. But like there are a few things in common, like, you know, the taking risks, taking risks and all that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what it was like starting your own business without any like former entrepreneurial experience or education? And what are some of your biggest takeaways from starting your own business? Yeah. So I've always had like Google is my best friend, actually. I think uh -huh. I've learned everything that yep. I needed to start Glow and Silver online. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I didn't have like any friend who could help me also because the industry was new. The digital space was new. Uh, I was creating something totally new because Glam Observer, there weren't, there wasn't a Glam uh, fashion career platform. So mm -hmm. I couldn't like look at other models and see what yeah. other people were doing to try to do something on my own. So I did a lot of research and I think I have listened to many podcasts read mm -hmm. books I still read a lot of business and career books I basically stopped reading fiction since 2017 and I only read business books oh yeah to lots of podcasts of other entrepreneurs and I try to understand how they think how they make their business decision and try to adopt that to global servers so I think that's what I did to get into the the business mindset and try to see how this can be turned into a business and what is the business I know of Globe Server, lots of podcasts. And I actually listen to lots of stories from entrepreneurs from other industries. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. like I said, I, I couldn't look at a model that was very similar. Yeah. So I listened to many stories of other people from other industries and then I took inspiration to incorporate that into Global Server. But yeah, the biggest takeaway is that you will never, I, I don't think that, I mean, if you have already everything figured out from the beginning that you already envision your business and how you're going to make money out of your passion project, that's great. Mm -hmm. But like me, that I didn't have a precise idea of how I would have turned that passion project into a business, a sustainable business, you will figure it out along the way. There is a lot of test and trial and you have to be willing to make mistakes and try because mm -hmm. you have to get out of your comfort zones you're never going to try something new um there isn't like a formula that says okay if this worked for this other business then it's going to work for my business as yeah. well you have to always test it it takes time and i think the best advice that i can give is to not give up it has like I think it took me like two or two year and a half to start seeing a little bit of money from Glam Observer. Yeah. So um, it takes courage and it takes time, but you don't have to give up. You really have to build. I think that the most important thing is that passion. Mm -hmm. You have to build the business that you're really passionate about. I think that if I weren't so passionate about the topic and talking about the careers in fashion after two years you would give up to then find a new yeah. job um so yeah I mean that's all really great advice because a lot of students who are my age or even younger than me we're all very 
like feel like this generation is very entrepreneurial minded and everyone wants to start their own business and have their own side hustle. So hearing those stories of where it actually worked for people, it's it's inspiring. And I'm, I'm sure like a lot of my listeners will really appreciate that. Um, yeah. So last year, there's something I really want to ask you about last year um, and the past two years. I don't even know how long it's been since COVID. Honestly, it's just been a really difficult time for students in the industry. Like in terms of finding jobs, thesis, um, all of that, internships and all that. Um, so you guys, Glam Observer cl- collaborated with Marie Claire UK to offer two remote internships, which was really cool to hear about and really exciting, I'm sure. So what what did that feel like to be able to physically connect students with like tangible positions? Because I know a lot of times we're like, oh, here are the resources to help to help you get these. But how how did it feel to actually be able to give people these opportunities? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, since I studied a master lecture in fashion management, so I know how the fashion education, the traditional fashion education yeah. works. So when I built my courses, I wanted to be the practical part that is missing in school. So usually mm-hmm. when you get out of school, then you miss the practical part. Okay, but now how do I get the job? Mm-hmm. So in fact, my courses are not, I mean, I don't teach you like fashion design or styling or something similar. I teach you how to get a job in fashion. And so for me, it was logical to try to build relationships with these companies. Actually, the one with Marie Claire came very naturally mm-hmm. uh, because we we did like a podcast interview and then we talked about how we can work together. And Oh, wow, yeah. Um, I don't know. It really depends also on the model that you want to build. Maybe uh, some people would have asked for, they, they were on my podcast. And they asked me what I wanted in return. So instead of asking for a fee, I asked, please, can you offer to internship oh, wow. to the students of my courses? Yeah. And they said yes. And that's how it began. And I saw that as a, an opportunity for to build connections also with other companies. Mm-hmm. And they weren't just Marie Claire, other companies like Lunchmetrics or Matarisa, they reach out now because they know that Glam Server is recognized now so they reach out when they have an opportunity even before the opportunity gets posted online to give mm-hmm. priority access to the ground server community so that's how it began um, and yeah I'm very proud of that for my students very happy for them mm-hmm. because, yeah I, at the end of the day you want the job so yeah I give you the I know yeah yeah <laughs> I, at I the end of the day tool, like... but then a job is much more than a tool and then yeah. for the price of the courses of Glam Observer, I think that was something really exceptional. So I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you were saying about Glam Observer and the educational courses being about the practical side of it, because I can say as a student in, you know, who's pursuing fashion design at, you know, one of the leading schools of fashion right now, Parsons, we... And I've talked about this a lot of times in my podcast and my with my peers as well, is we don't learn a lot of the practical sides of it, of the fashion industry, like the, especially the business aspects of it. They teach us how to design in all the technical aspects of fashion, but then they don't teach us what to do with it or how to start our own businesses or like the stuff that's really going to help us kickstart our careers yeah. in the industry. So that's I think funny. it's it's so needed um, more than anything. Um yeah, so as someone who is also, I started my podcast out of frustration with kind of like the last lack of resources in the fashion industry, but coming at it at a different perspective because I wanted to be the student 
the student to help students. Um, and I'd love to hear more about your inspiration for starting the Glam Observer Fashion Podcast and what made you decide to also venture into like the podcast space. Yeah, so when I started the podcast was actually one year later that I quit my job. So it was in 2018, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I don't remember now because it has been a very long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I was already posting consistently on the website and podcasts were just starting out and I was really fascinated about this new media. So mm-hmm. it was like more a passion of mine that I wanted to pursue. And so instead of just, because I was already creating the content for the website for Glow Service. So I thought, okay, maybe I can create the same content, but for the podcast, which is, mm-hmm. I think because I was consuming a lot of podcasts and I really loved them, but I wanted to have one of my own. I feel like the connection that you can build with the listeners versus just readers is something totally different because they're going to listen to your voice. Yeah. So I feel like it's a deeper connection when you listen to a podcast rather than just reading an article. So Mm -hmm. I wanted also to have this kind of new connection with the audience and getting a little bit closer because it is not like a video, but it's not like reading an article. So it's something in between and you can build, I feel like a deeper connection and a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or at least this is what I feel when I listen to podcasts. I feel more connected to sure. the host of the podcast. So that's why the main reason why I wanted to start that. Yeah. I also think you had a great idea about your podcast as well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And that's why it's like hearing your inspiration and motivation behind everything that you do. I connected with so much because, you know, you started your everything that you've done because you felt that there wasn't that already out there when you were first getting your toes wet in the industry. And similarly, as a student, I was like, there's, I was listening to podcasts too. And I was like, I'm not hearing, I'm hearing all these great podcasts, but nothing from like a student perspective. There's no student like who's working and taking educational courses in the fashion industry, talking about what their experience actually was. So, I mean, but, but I'm like, it's crazy. You leverage the podcast platform at such an early time, because right now, as you know, podcasts are everywhere everyone is starting their own podcast um and there's like thousands of to millions of podcasts out there so yeah it it was just it's great that you definitely leverage that type of um like space very early on and you got a handle of it yeah so you're going back onto the topic of unpaid internships because that's kind of my core theme and subject for my thesis and what I talk a lot about on my podcast because I've kind of seen this struggle of unpaid internships being like a rite of passage into fashion and it it never sat well with me especially being a student and you know having to take care of like my own finances and stuff so I'm curious to know like what stance do you take on unpaid internships in fashion and you can agree with them disagree with them or even like remain neutral but I just love to hear your opinions on that yeah so I disagree with them (laughs) okay yep every time that I've worked with I still work with the girl I feel like not paying anyone for their work is not fair Um, even just a minimum I think is something that you should give especially if we consider you know big fashion companies who I think they have the budget to do so Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe with with startups like with me because I'm observer even when I ask some help or people reach out to me to help me with Glam Observer 
for fashion startups is a little bit different because actually maybe you don't really have the means to pay this for for an intern but for big companies i feel like i really don't understand why it works mm -hmm. like that why it has always worked like that now people you know are talking about that but i don't know how it was possible that this was even a thing from the beginning mm -hmm. um And yeah, I was lucky because my internship was paid, but a lot of friends of my classmates did many unpaid internships. And I also now go on several listen to many stories and it really breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, and also one of my mission with Gone Observer was to make the fashion industry accessible to anyone because the fact that there are these unpaid internships plus the cost of fashion schools Mm -hmm. um, tends to put some financial barriers. So it's not just, you already have barriers in terms of you don't know how this industry works, you don't have the knowledge. And then also you have these financial barriers because to get into fashion, you need internships. There is no other way. Yep. And still today, many of them are unpaid. And the mm -hmm. thing is that you don't either need one internship. Many times you need two, three, four internships before getting a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And how are you supposed to survive in a fashion capital when you have to spend the last six months or one year interning? That's yeah. crazy, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's how it works. So what I usually practically say is that this is how it works at the moment. I can change the industry. You can change the industry. So what I like to say is to prepare people to face this and pay the internships because there will be some. And if, if it is an opportunity that you really like, you might consider that. Yeah. And it's going to be like a period of sacrifice, just like when you're starting your own business, when you're not going to eat mm -hmm. out for a long time. Um, <laughs> so my best piece of advice here, if you're going to face an unpaid internship, is to plan it in advance so you can save up a little bit of money and also to do something on the side, even if it's not related to fashion, like just to sustain yourself financially, it could be like working at a restaurant, babysitting. But I feel like, especially today, it's also easier that you can get something related to fashion with the digital world. So maybe you can freelance on the side, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to fashion writing. I feel like oh, it's yeah, the for best sure. freelance job or working uh, like for social media, helping as a brand with their social media something that you can do even as a student on the side and something else that you can do is to maybe consider an unpaid internship which is part-time so you can mm -hmm. have another part-time job and not just you know get a full-time internship which is unpaid which leaves you less time um, to get another job or even to just manage a freelance job like writing for a publication or helping other people Uh, with the social media things or even just becoming a content creator nowadays yeah that's all um that's really great advice actually and um i recently this year discovered temp roles temporary roles in fashion which i really didn't know existed but it's very common a lot of big companies will hire temps for like a certain amount of time like during fashion week or something and it is paid paid pretty well like the rates are because it's basically freelance so yeah I've been telling everyone that I know of and students like do temp roles like it's it's only it's a small commitment and you can make a little bit of money on the side but yeah 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 I'm a lot of 
it's it is heartbreaking because I I've had some experiences of my own, but I've heard even worse experiences from some of my peers where they're being like exploited, they're being they're not being treated well. They're they're they have to pay for their transportation on the subway to like pick up stuff at the garment district and they have to pay for it. They're not getting paid for lunch, all those kinds of things. So I have a question for you. What advice would you give to those people who are finding themselves in like exploitive situations at an unpaid internship but don't know what to do because they don't know whether to leave because they don't want to burn any bridges in the fashion industry but also it's their only option to do it to do this internship i mean if it's something like that a critical situation where you can really handle that don't take an unpaid internship because nowadays there are more paid internships so i feel like if you can find a good balance which is good for you for your health for your mind where you're not get to get burnt out at the end of the internship because you don't know how to pay for your rent or your food or even just you know mm-hmm. essential expenses then just don't don't apply for internships that are unpaid and just look for internships that are paid or a minimum you know a cost that just covers transportation and just the minimum thing yeah um Luckily, nowadays, there are more paid internships. So I would say that you should never like get to the point where you reach the limit and you can really afford an unpaid internship in any way. So the suggestion, the tips that I shared before, I mean, if you can save up a little bit of money, if you can find a freelance job that you can do on the side or do another job like working at a restaurant or working yeah. in retail, and then you can manage also an unpaid internship, then do so. But if the situation because too like to the limit, then don't do so. Look mm-hmm. for another kind of opportunity. I yeah. believe that you always have to, yeah, it's passion, it's something that you love. But um, when you're at the beginning of your career, I believe you should not just focus on if you have one single company in mind or one job title in mind, don't be too restrictive with those. Yeah. Because an experience is going to be helpful for you. And even though maybe your current company, your love company of the moment, offer just unpaid internships, maybe you start somewhere and then later, when you will be able to get a full-time job, you'll be able to move to your dream company that mm-hmm. you couldn't afford in the beginning because the internships were unpaid. Yeah, there's definitely that pressure. I see it amongst my friends all the time. Um, and even younger students, which is, is so crazy to me. Everyone's like their first internship. There's so much pressure to get a paid internship at like these heritage luxury brands and stuff like that. And it's it's really hard. That's why I think. But I like like you said, starting out with small brands or even startups and stuff is really worth your time. And for some for some reason, I find that a lot of smaller companies actually do pay, which is weird because then a lot of big companies don't pay. So. I always thought it was the other way around, but yeah, I feel like there are also big companies that pay nowadays. Um, yeah. The only thing is that I don't, I don't think that you should focus on startups and new brands only when you're looking for a job. They are a great uh-huh. option, but like for example, if you want to get into styling and uh, let's say they maybe you want to become the assistant stylist of someone, yeah, for sure. Maybe you can try something different, like. Uh, getting a job like an internship on an e-commerce so you're going to become a stylist there so it's not like uh-huh. exactly working with a stylist but it's still styling so 
is maybe it's not the job that you had in mind, but it's still an experience that is valuable and it mm-hmm. can still be in a big company mm-hmm. and it's going to be, yeah, great for your career. But yeah, I also, myself, I'm a big, uh, I'm a small company. So if you like the environment of working with a startups or a small brand or a newborn brand on Instagram, I think nowadays there are so many interesting brands that you can find on Instagram that maybe you even didn't know they exist and maybe they're going to offer you an internship. Mm-hmm. I feel like Instagram is a great place now to oh, find yeah. brands um, that you can reach out for opportunities. Yeah, just like when I think like back then cold emailing and cold calling was a thing. Now it's like cold DMing, I think. Like people will slide into each other's DMs. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's the world has definitely changed. What real change do you think needs to kind of go on in our industry to kind of see like more more strides in like the fashion internship scene? And just like the just the fashion career structure in general, because like you said, again, it's like still not to the point where we want it to be where it's like accessible to all and it's like not that exclusive um do you what do you think needs to happen like does there need to be legislation does there need to be more i don't know like what is what is your opinion on that if it were for me yeah I would add <laughs> legislation <laughs> Um, but I feel like the industry is already changing and with the rise of social media, it has become, you know, is more exposed to more people. Mm-hmm. So now companies, as soon as they're going to do something, they're immediately going to get exposed to Instagram and social media. So people are going to know. So I feel like companies also need to be very careful about the airing practice. So I was reading a story today about fashion magazines who that basically adopted a policy where their employees can't work with sponsored posts. Um, so oh, yeah. I feel like <laughs> this is a little bit like, um, it is, it, we are in 2022, we are all connected. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe with the, the next generation, things are going to change faster. But I already feel the change. Like nowadays, companies like fashion magazines have to to see if their employees are going to do sponsored content on Instagram, which is going to be something extra from the salary, which mm-hmm. before didn't exist. Yeah. And also, yeah, if we think about unpaid internships, I feel like nowadays, it, which is more exposed, this thing, that's why there are more paid internships than ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually positive about the fashion industry. Um, I don't want to say that this is an industry where everyone is rude and is going to just take your blood and tears to get into fashion. <laughs> I really believe in fashion, really like fashion. And I've met so many great people in the fashion uh-huh. industry. I like to stay positive about that. Yeah. yeah, there are some people who are not so friendly and collaborative, but there are in any other industry. And just don't watch these people. Try to always see the best uh, that there is out there. When I uh, usually talk to my students, I say, uh, be the kind of person that you wish you would encounter in fashion, that you would be like 100%. a co-worker. Like if yeah. you want to get into an environment which is not stressful, then just don't be stressful, don't be rude. You mm-hmm. have the first person who doesn't have to be rude to the other one. If you want to get into this kind of office, you know that maybe the fashion industry tends to look like a stressful environment. 
where it looks like we are saving lives, which we are not. Um, <laughs> so just be the first person which is kind. Um, uh -huh. And then if you want to get into an office and you want to be happy to go to your office every single day because you're going to work with amazing people, kind people, I believe kindness is such an important skill and be kind. It is so critical. Even just when I receive some rude emails, when people believe that they can get anything, I really Jeez. don't stand with that. I don't know uh, how is it possible, but... And when I think, you know, if you are writing this to me and I'm just, you know, I'm no one. If you're going to, to write this email to a fashion company, so that's why maybe you're not getting the job. You really mm -hmm. have to be kind. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's an underrated piece of advice. I feel like people don't say that enough. It's like when people ask you for advice, they're just like, oh, yeah, like this, this, this. But it just being kind is it's, it's such a simple thing. But we you know it, it goes a long off. way yeah for off. sure for sure because people are going to remind you even just yeah. with an internship you're building your reputation within the fashion industry so i believe kindness is so yeah. so important yeah. when you're at the beginning of your career you know many students believe that the main problem if they're not getting the job is because their resume is full of experience but that's totally normal. That's fine. That's okay. Recruiters know that you don't have experience because you're applying for an internship. So they don't expect that you have tons of experience. Mm -hmm. Fashion industry is hiring for potential, which means they're looking for people who can learn and grow inside the industry. They're actually looking for people who are very passionate about this industry and mm -hmm. that can acquire the skill inside the brand. So... The best piece of advice that I can give here if you want to get a job is not just focus too much on stressing about your resume, which is, uh, you know, not so long, you don't have experience. This mm -hmm. is fine. Focus on something else. Build a strong cover letter where you're going to share your strong why, um, why you want to get the job, why you're so passionate about the industry. They really want to know that you will be able to grow inside the company. So mm -hmm. something that I really like to share, um, one of my favorite tips that I share is that uh, when you write these emails, don't say, I want to work there because um, this is my favorite brand. I want to learn. I want to grow. This is all about yourself. And in the end, people want to hire you because you have to do the job and help the company. So something else that you can say is that my passion for this industry and for this brand um, this is what drives me and so this is what me, will make me you know the best resource that you've ever had so the concept is more or less the same that you love the brand you love the company but it's more about making it about the company interest and not your interest I want to learn I want to grow sure. I want to get this industry because I want to finally start working in my favorite industry at the end of the day companies want to know what you can do for them Mm -hmm. So the thing that you love the brand is great. That you're passionate about the fashion industry is great. So say it a little bit differently, you know, yeah. put it into the perspective of your company, of the company's interest. So the fact that I'm very passionate about this brand and this company will make me the best candidate you've ever had. So it's the same concept, but say it differently, which makes yeah. it different. Wow. That's, that's really great advice because emails are very important these days. So I'm, I'm glad that you're sharing that. And that, that was a great way to put it. Yeah, I used to write, I used to write emails like that. Where I'm like, you're my favorite brand. I love your work and all that. But, no, but not anymore, thankfully. Um, 
Yada, thank you so much. I want to ask you some closing questions. Um, one of them being, where do you see the future of Glam Observer being? Um, where do you kind of envision it in like five to 10 years? Yeah, I don't envision for so long because I'm in the digital space. <laughs> it's always changing, I know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I really hope that I will still be doing what I love doing. And most of all, what I really like about my job is that it's not something that just passionates me but it's something that makes an impact on the other people and that the fact mm -hmm. that I can help other people is the thing that I love the most so I don't know now our courses maybe in the future are going to be something else but always the goal of helping people I think that's the main one yeah I think uh, it's so interesting um because I I went to high school um at Bronx Science it was like a STEM driven school so I have kind of like a STEM background and you have that um STEM degree as well in engineering I think both of us shared that desire to have work that impacts which is so funny because like I started in fashion design but then I now I'm like I'm working in like education and sustainability because I want to see that impact and I want to see how my work is actually changing the lives and helping people so it's funny that we have that like practical side of yeah, our yeah. our brains. It's funny how that works. Um, we but yeah, the creative side because otherwise we would have not we would have not started your podcast. I would have not started Lemon Server. So for sure, for sure. But a mix of the right and left brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like the industry that's I feel like the industry has been looking for a lot of that now. The two sides because a lot of the designers, especially the ones that I look up to, are. You know, Tom Ford was an architect, I think. Um, there are a lot of, like, engineers coming in, becoming fashion designers. So it's, like, yeah, I think we need to, like, there's a lot of that. It's no longer separated. Design and education and science and STEM, it's all, like, really tied together these days. You kind of can't have one without the yeah, other. Yeah. So. yeah, I recently published a podcast about creativity versus business and why you need both in fashion. Oh, and for sure. talk about what episode during my job at the view back then and uh, -huh. uh one of the interviewer i did three job interviews with three different companies mm -hmm. and one of them you know back then i used to have a Nazi shop and i was selling fashion illustrations and so oh they gosh. saw my management engineering degree and then i saw this Etsy shop i added that to my resume <laughs> so they asked me to to take a look at the illustration during the job interview and saw I also was painting myself some Christmas bowls. It was just a fun <laughs> project. <laughs> you uh -huh. know, I was trying to make money in other ways. So something else that you can do if you have to take an unpaid industry. <laughs> um and so I, I remember that they were really impressed because I, you know, when you expect someone with a management engineering degree to be very rational, very number focused, which I was, but I also had this creative side, you know. Um and they really mm -hmm said that they really impressed about that there is important in fashion to have both yeah a rational mindset the business mindset but also of course still the creative mindset and mm -hmm. it also depends a lot on the job that you want to get because yeah. many people ask me do I do I need to be creative to work in fashion if you want to work on the management side maybe it's not so necessary yeah so, but still it's a little bit wouldn't hurt right a little Etsy shop on the side wouldn't hurt but that, that, that is super funny to hear. I love that. But um, Giada, is there, you know, to close this off, can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you, find you online or on social media? Just give yourself like a quick plug and dump everything that you're working on or where yeah. they can find you. 
Yeah, you can find me on the website at glamobserver.com, the same on Instagram, glamobserver, and you can find all the courses on the glamobserver website. But yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's it. Thank you so much, Yada. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun.